Good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody doing well? All right. Wow. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Great. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are in uh, this new series. This is the second week, Go for Gold. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen when we get there. Uh, this is the second part of the series. So if you missed the first part of the series, it's okay. You can actually go to lifechurchwi.com. Uh, you can also go to iTunes. So this is all podcasted. It's all streamed. It's all the information's there, uh, audio, video, whatever you need uh, there for last week's message. But uh, uh, you got a card, too, that's uh, on the seat when you sit down. It looks just like this. It's the go for gold. And it kind of explains a little bit about uh, kind of a four-chair uh, kind of philosophy that we have at Life Church that there basically are four chairs that uh, there's the, the blue chair, that's the, the pastor, the food dude. Jesus is the bread of life, so it's the responsibility of, the, of whoever's communicating to, to uh, serve up the bread of life hot and fresh every week. So if you like Krispy Kreme donuts, you'll like me. Amen? No? Hot and sweet. Okay, anyhow, just saying. So you guys are not even awake. Okay, anyhow, and so then you got the red chair. So uh, that we are an environment, a church, where we believe that lost people should be able to come in. And, and I think a healthy church should have a third of the people that are in the room should be people that are far away from God. And if you're one of those people today, we welcome you. Uh, because I think that you don't get here on your own. I think you're, the Holy Spirit's involved. And so enjoy, listen, and let God do his work. It's my, not my job to clean the fish. It's not my job to get in your, in your kitchen and rattle the pots and pans. Now, the Holy Spirit will do that in your life. But but he'll do that through the teaching of God's word. And so you're in that red chair. We've all sat in the red chair. And then you make a decision to follow Christ, and you can move to the green chair. And that green chair is where you're new to your faith, or you're new in this faith community. And, uh, and so you're growing, you're learning, you're developing. And then, and then the, the optimum chair is the gold chair. And there's no physical gold chair. So if people have asked, like, is there like a gold chair somewhere in the building? No, there's no gold. This isn't some weird deal. It's just, a, it's just kind of a, a word picture so that we kind of understand that the table is a church where we're all sitting around that. And that gold chair, is that's the mature Christ follower. And so my desire is in this series and throughout this year that we really all go for gold. And last weekend I talked about the why. Uh, that everyone has a for this reason, for this reason, for this cause uh, that you're created, that there's a purpose, that there's a plan. And if you're a Christ follower, every one of us are called into ministry, whether it's vocational ministry, which is full-time, like that's what I do, pastor, minister, missionary, so forth and so on, or, uh, or you're called to, to, to marketplace ministry. So you may be a stay-at-home uh, parent, you may be working in a factory, you may be an engineer, you may be a president or the CEO of a corporation. You ha are called into the marketplace. And so we're all called. We all have a, have a purpose. And so out of, and, and the why is always the most important. Most of the times we focus on the what, but the why is the most important. So from the why emanates the how. That's the process. That's kind of the, the secret sauce. That's the, uh, to use some KFC language, anybody love KFC in the house? It's a little original recipe, right? It's, it's, that's kind of how the why happens. And then you've got the what. And, and you never begin with the what, you always begin with the why. Because the why should always inform the what, never the vice versa. And so th that's how we're created, and that's how we're hardwired. Therefore, when, when Proverbs says that without a vision, people perish, without the why, you have no what. That's the essence of that. And so using that ideology and just kind of that and kind of framework, we kind of are walking through this going for gold. I think that most people... 
uh, that are here that attend church that carve out time out of your schedule, because time is the most important commodity that you have, uh, you want to grow in your faith in Christ. You, you, you truly want to be more like Jesus. You really want to grow and develop. You want to raise your kids to be more like Jesus. You, you want your family to be more like Jesus. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you think that you're perfect. But it means that you are striving to be more and more and more like him. And so most of the time, we don't know how to get there. How do we get this, this, this why, this purpose, this cause in our life? How do we flesh that out? And again, a talk like last weekend or this weekend or next weekend when I talk about the what in our life, you could apply that in leadership development or career development. This could become a, a very easily a secular talk from that respect. But, but I, I'm wanting to really focus on what I think the heart of the issue is, and that's the heart of you. That's your core. That's your spiritual person. Because the internal, which is eternal, always ex- informs the external. The internal, which is eternal, always is going to inform the external in your life. If you're right on the inside and you're right between you and God, then everything else is going to come into play. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but it means it's going to be in right, proper perspective because the priorities are right. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. If you have the vertical relationship with God the Father right, then all the other things that are going to happen in your life, your relationships, your family, your, your marriage, uh, your friendships, your, your job, your business, your career, the, the, the what in your life, the how in your life, they're all going to be, they're all going to come into place. So I really want to focus on the spiritual aspect of you today and talk about how you go for gold. Whether you're sitting in the red chair today and you're kicking tires on this thing called faith in Jesus Christ, or whether you're in the green chair today, and you're new to your faith, you're new, new to your faith community, and you've not quite crossed a few things, I, I really want to push you. I really want to encourage you. I really want to kind of light a fire under you to talk about the how. And again, going back to this card, you're going to see this exact same card next week because on the back side are all these opportunities to take steps that would go from the red chair to the green chair, from the green chair to the gold chair. And they're everything from participating in soap, which is our scripture. It's not like taking a bath, all right? It's scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Every day we go through, and there's a journal. You can pick it up at the, at the resource center, or there's, there's free guides online or at the, re, or at the resource center. Um, you can literally go through, and just every day we're reading two chapters together. And then what are my observations and my thought? what the Holy Spirit saying to me, what's the application in my life, and writing out a prayer. Just very simple. Just jotting that down. Uh, you know, to make a decision to follow Christ, to going through life track, life team, uh, life group, water baptize, uh, 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 getting involved in giving, going on a mission trip, inviting someone to life church, becoming a member at life church, leading a life group, joining the legacy team. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next weekend. Um, just all of that. Those are all opportunities. I'm not collecting this today. And if, you, if you're not going to be here next week and you go, man, I, I want to go ahead and do this today, you, you can do that and drop that in the bucket. But I'm giving you this because I don't like surprises. If I'm sitting where you're sitting, I want to know where you're going. And I think a good communicator kind of tells you what they're going to say. Then they say it, and they just told you what they say. Make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it just takes a little while to get it. So I'm going to come back to this next week as well. But, but this is all about getting to the how and the what in our life. So Ephesians chapter 1, Paul gives us insight into the how as Christ followers. What our how should be. How do we get to that gold chair? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
The glorious Father may give the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Paul just kind of gives us a little bit of a breadcrumb of a, of a trail, if you would, a process of how do we get to the how in our life? How, how, what, what's the process to get to the gold chair? What's the process to, 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 to really fulfill the why in our life? And the first thing that we notice here in verse 17 is to know him better. Paul says, my prayer is that you know him better. That, 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 you, that you know him better. So if you're in that red chair, it's about making a decision to follow Jesus. It's about saying today, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. And if that's where you are, then awesome. Because at the end of the service, uh, you're going to have an opportunity and we're going to have a time of reflection. And, and you can take the, the, the connection card that Dustin talked about just a minute ago. And you can literally check on the back side of that. Today I decided to follow Christ. And we're going to send an email to make sure you've got a Bible. And we're going to connect with you uh, if you have any questions. And, and just really just champion the decision that you made to follow Jesus. If you're, if, if you're in the green chair today to know him better, uh, maybe you're new in your faith, it's for you to continue to grow. It's, it's about get involved just in God's word. That, how does God speak to us? He speaks to us primarily through his word today. So get involved. So, so take this soap journey with us, this scripture, observation, application, and prayer, soap, where every day you're reading two chapters. That's it. I'm doing the same thing. And if you've been reading, we've been reading through the book of John. Now we're in Proverbs and, and, and there's just this wisdom and we just see this just getting to know him better. If you're in the gold chair, this is about desire. It's, it's do you really want to know Jesus? Not, not do you want to go to church, not do you want to be more active in church. I'm not asking you to give more money. I'm not asking you to give more time. I'm talking about the heart. I'm talking about how much real estate in your heart does Jesus take up? How much, how much time in your heart? See, it's much easier to give in an offering. It's much easier just to serve on a serve day. But when you're talking about your heart, you're talking about the capacity and the seat of your emotions. How much of that is taken up with Jesus? How much do you really want to know him? How much do you really want to lean in and, and, and grow in, in that? That's what that's talking about. That's what Paul says, my desire for you. And if you're going to be a gold chair Christ follower, it's about wanting to know him better. Because guess what? We do what we want to do. I know there are certain things, but we do what we want to do. We, we, we are truly more in control and less victim than what we want, sometimes want to admit. Do you want to know him? Do you desire to know him? That's what Paul says is, is that first step. The second is experience freedom. Verse 18, he'll talk about this. To experience the freedom that only comes through Jesus. He says that, you, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you will experience freedom. We, theologians talk about this, and they call this the, the, the action of sanctification. That sanctification is instantaneous when the moment that you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your life at salvation. But it's also progressive in that we're constantly learning. Why? Because we make mistakes. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. And those of you that think that you're righteous, you're really jacked up. Amen? Yeah, nobody will say amen because you know you're sitting too close to those people. Okay. <laughs> the reality is, is that, is, that, is that this is a process. And God understands this. Understand, according to the book of Hebrews, we have a great high priest in Jesus Christ that's touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. He understands. He was tempted and tried in every way that you and I are, yet without sin. He gets it. 
He gets the pressure. He gets the internal conflict. He understands what's happening between your head and your heart. He understands the, 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 the flesh, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life that can rear up. I mean, think about what in the, in the temptation of Jesus Christ when he's tempted after at, when he's beginning his earthly ministry and he's, he's, uh, he's there and he's been fasting for 40 days. What does the enemy, what does Satan himself tempt Jesus with? First of all, food. Any people struggling with weight? Okay, amen. He's tempted with power. He's tempted with, do you really believe that God is who he says he is? And every time Jesus goes back to the word of God, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. And so this, this understanding that we're going to deal with issues in life. We're going to deal with temptations in life. There's relationships, there's habits, there's addictions, there's struggles that happen. Paul talks about this. He'll go on to talk about this in Revelation, excuse me, in Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8, about the struggle between the flesh and between the spirit. But if you're going to experience the freedom and that gold chair lifestyle to really get the, the how from the why in your life, you're going to have to, you're not going to be able to abdicate or resolve that tension. Rather, you're going to have to learn how to manage that tension. You have to learn how to stand in the middle and let God walk through the troubled waters with you because he doesn't make a bridge over troubled waters. There's not like a get out of jail free card. It's God says, I'll go with you. I'll walk with you. I'll be there with you. And, 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 that, and what I'm trying to say with this is that if you're thinking that, hey, man, I'm going to be able to experience all the freedom that God has for me on a weekend service, you're sadly mistaken. There is no way that you and I can do all that needs to be done in your life in a 25, 35, 45-minute sermon in a weekend. It's just not going to happen. How does it happen? Well, how did Jesus do it? Life on life. What did he say to the disciples? Enroll in that program? Go get your degree at the local divinity school? They'd already been rejected from, the, from, from that. If you look at history... Um, Become certified or credentialed or? No, he says to them, come and follow me. Let's do life together, boys. Let's just do this life together. Let's walk. Let's eat. Let's sleep. Let's work. Let's minister. Let's do life together. And there's going to be times I'm going to send you out two by two so you can just kind of do life. And I'm going to give you some instructions and some guidelines. So you're going to learn how to take some hard knocks. And you're going to learn how to get hit a little bit. And you're going to learn how to get back up. And you're going to learn how that people are not always going to like you. And you're going to see people that don't like me. And I'm going to download and we're going to have like some, some halftime talks and some pregame talks. And, and we're going to debrief some things. And, and you're going to get to see some miracles and signs and wonders. And you're going to see them literally kill me. Not because I did anything for them, against them but because I came to save them. And you're going to see really how mean and how vile humanity can be. And you're going to be like sheep sent out to wolves for the slaughter. But I'm going to be with you. How does he teach them that life on life? How do we do that today? 20, uh, 2,000 years later in the 21st century, life groups, relationships, mentoring relationships, not doing life alone. The Bible says, woe to a man who falls, and when he falls, no one hears him. 
If all you're going to do is show up at church on Sunday, show up at church on Saturday, just do your out. I'm telling you, the way this is going to work in your life is are you involved in a ministry? Are you involved in life team? Are you involved serving somewhere? Why is that important? Because you're developing relationships with other people. And as sweat is the byproduct of working out, so fellowship is a byproduct of serving together. When we begin to serve together, we begin to work together, we begin to develop relationships and get to know each other. And then out of that come conversations. And it's relationships through life groups. And I understand there's some things that are weird and whatever, and, and we don't have any weird life groups at Life Church. And if we do, you can leave them and tell them I told you to leave. And you can tell them that I said they were weird. Is that all right? Because I don't like weird either. I'm just telling you. And if I find out we got a weird group, I'll deal with it myself. God help them. Amen. But we need each other. It's like as pastors, as clergy, the question that we ask each other, do you smell like sheep? If you're going to be a shepherd, do you smell like sheep? What does that look like? Aaron, are you involved in the lives of people that you're serving? Do people see you? Are you there? That's the reason why after service, I'm going to sit out there and let everybody goes home. Before service, you don't see me because I don't want the joy suckers. You know what I'm talking about? The people that want to tell me everything that's wrong. Do that after service, after I preached. Because I don't want to get up here and be, oh. Tammy's like, are you mad? Somebody says something to me before. I don't even go out and see you before church. But afterwards, yeah, say anything you want to say. Amen. So, but, 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 but are you around people? Are you doing life with people? I'm in life groups here. I have ministerial life groups that I'm connected with outside of here. Why? Because iron sharpens iron, so as one man sharpens another. We need to experience freedom. It's about journey. Are you committing yourself to the journey? Let me say this, and before I move on, you need to find a church that you put roots down in. You cannot grow in your faith in Jesus Christ if every couple of years you're finding a different church because you need to be fed or whatever your reason is. That's the most spiritually immature thing you can do. Find a place. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to raise my family. My youngest is a junior in high school, and this is all my girls know. Thank God. They know of ministry and church as a wonderful place with wonderful people that love and that care for each other. And a couple of bad people that come in occasionally here and, here and there, we keep them far away from that because I, they'll see enough of that in life. Life together. He goes on to say you've got to realize your calling. You've got to realize your calling. Verse 18, know the hope to which he's called you. That word know is not just an a, a informational piece. It's a transformational piece. It's, 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 would be, um, it's an active, uh, kind of an active uh, verb. It, it's, to, it's to understand. It's to, it's to operate out of. It's, it's, it's to mean that, that not only do I get this cognitively, I'm operating my life out of this. Again, knowing your why. And expressing that. And if you don't know what that is, one thing I would help you and encourage you is to do Life Track if you've never done that. Because Life Track, it's going to talk about the doctrine of Life Church and the DNA of Life Church, but it's also going to help you to figure out what your design is and how you fit. Not just here, but, but what your spiritual DNA is and how basically a gift assessment test. So if you've ever done anything like that with HR at your corporation, your job, or you've done an aptitude test when you're in high school or in college and trying to figure out what fits you best, what works best with your personality, with your skill set, so forth and so on, this is what LifeTrack does. Is one of the things that we do is say, look, based upon this information that you're giving us, here's, here's some opportunities that we think you'd really be awesome in. 
you probably don't need to work in kids because this tells us that you hate children. So we don't want that, right? <laughs> but you really love working over behind the scenes or you really love working as a door greeter or you really would be based upon, because it's our job as staff to serve you. It's not your job to serve us. It's our job to serve you. So how do we serve you? By helping you find, connect your why in life with a how that will produce a what that you're going to be pleased with that's going to serve the kingdom and build the kingdom of God. And so realizing your calling is knowing what you're doing Monday through Friday, but it's also how does that express itself in local church? How does that express itself there? Because it's holistic. How, how do you leverage? One of the things that's on, the, on this, this list is legacy team, and I'm going to talk more about that next weekend. But how do you leverage? Because some of you have an ability to, to in, in marketplace, how do you leverage that for the sake of kingdom? How do you take things that are temporal and make them eternal? The Bible talks about this. Romans 12 talks about this. And there's giftings that are given to certain people. That, that's just your gifting. It's just, it's just your deal. So what we want to do is help you discover your calling and live out your calling. And, and by doing that, you confirm the why. You, 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 you confirm what, what it is. And lastly, he says, don't do it alone. Whatever you do, don't do your calling, your why alone. Your how always needs to be connected. Verse 18, he says, do all of this in his holy people. Speaking of God, speaking of Christ. We've been called to enjoy life and to serve Christ with other Christ followers. I touched on this just a little bit ago, but, but this is about, man, I'm not just doing this alone. I'm doing this with other people. One of my greatest joys and privileges as pastoring here is you. When Paul will write to the church, I think it's in, in, in Ephesus, that he'll talk about you're the joy and the crown. You're, you're the highlight. Man, this is the best part of my week. Not getting to preach, getting to see you. Getting to see dedicating kids here on this platform. See moms and dads that are so in love with Jesus that they go, this is, we want our kids to, to, to be raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And guess what? We want to do it at Life Church. What an honor for us, for me, to be able to, 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 be able to serve a congregation in that, that, that has that type of vitality. Um, to be able to, 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 to do life with people that I go, I see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. 411 people last year gave their life to Christ. 147 of those people followed the Lord in water baptism. And I got the honor and the privilege in the most cases to be able to lead that prayer and to be able to, 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 to baptize. Wow. Um, it's you. Now, again, I get it in life. There are times that we, we want to quit, and there's times that we go through, through, through dry seasons, and we go through difficult times. I always joke, every Monday I want to quit. But before I quit, you feel like this too with your job, so let's just be real. But before I quit, I'm going to have a cup of coffee. I'm going to go to Starbucks, get myself a grande, skinny, cinnamon, dolce, latte. And I say to myself, self, after I have that cup of coffee, I can go one more week. And I say, yeah, do one more week. So if you ever see me at Starbucks on Monday morning, don't interrupt me. It, it could be disastrous. We have those times. You have those seasons. I, 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 there are seasons in my life where I don't feel anything. 
Usually in those seasons, people are saying to me, man, what a great sermon that ministered to me. People come to faith in Christ. It's just, it's like, and, and I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. I feel like everything is just kind of, it's almost like I'm going through the motions. It's just my emotional self. It's just a dry desert season that I'm going through. There are just those seasons. There's just those times. It's not that God's absent. It's just I don't feel him as close or as closely as what I would like to. And I don't feel as motivated or as gifted or as in the flow. We all have those times. So what keeps you connected? You. What keeps you coming back? You. Now I'm talking about me. It's you. See, sometimes I don't think you realize how, how valuable you are to God and how great his plans are for you. How exceedingly and abundantly he wants to perform and work in your life and your home and your marriages and your kids. See, he wants your marriage to succeed. He wants your children to be overcomers. He wants you to be blessed. This isn't some self-talk. This is his word. Did you understand that from the beginning of time, Genesis chapter 1, and, and if you've been reading soap, we just got to the end of, of, of John this past week. And, and, and when Jesus ascends, the, the Bible says before he ascends to the right hand of the Father, the Bible says... John eloquently writes that Jesus, is his, his, he's died for the sins of humanity. And, and then he goes and he meets with the disciples. And the Bible says, and he breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. Radical. We don't give that, 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 those words enough pressure. I mean, uh, enough power. Because here, here, here's the cataclysmic part in that moment. Up until that point in time where Jesus breathes on them, and then we see the power of the Holy Spirit really fall at the day of Pentecost and recorded in Acts chapter 2. At that point in time, up until that point in time, there's only been maybe a dozen and a half people that have actually conversed with God. There's only been about a dozen and a half people, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, 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 and Moses and, and, and uh, Joshua and, and, and David. And there's only been a handful of, full of people that have actually had a conversation with God. And most of those people weren't preachers. Abraham was a businessman. <laughs> I mean, read it. David was a king. He wasn't a pastor. There was a man of God, Samuel, that would come to him. The men of God very rarely got, they interacted in the Holy of Holies, but, but the reality is, and, and, and they got to interact with God, but very few got to speak with him. The Bible says that Moses got to see the hinder parts of God. He, he, he got to be in the presence of God himself and to speak. Well, when Jesus utters those words that John records, and he breathed upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the Holy Spirit, that from that point all the way to today, every single one of you and I have the ability to intimately talk to God one-on-one -on -one and interact with him. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's when people go, I don't need the Holy Spirit. Yes, <laughs> look what's happening. You're getting to do something that nobody else in the history of humanity up until that point was able to do, that God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your voice. I've got two daughters. It doesn't matter where I'm at in the world or what I'm doing. If one of those girls called me and says, dad, I need you, I will move heaven and earth to get there because they're mine. And when I hear their voice, I know their voice. And I call them by name. That's how God used you. That's how precious you are to him. You are the bride of Christ. You. And you go, well, you're making, no, 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 no. You're the saints of the church, the Bible says. The Bible does not look at clergy as saints. Not according to Scripture. Scripture. 
Well, but this other church, they sanctified people. Yeah, but that's man. Let's just forget what man thinks. What does God think? It's you. How are you so? Because my job as a clergy is to equip you, the saints of the, of the church, to do the work of ministry. You're it. I'm charged to serve you, not the other way around. You're not here for me. I'm here for you. You are, the Bible says, a royal priesthood, a peculiar, not weird. We don't need any more weird in church. Amen. Peculiar means to stand out, to be head and shoulders above everyone else. Your kids are not just some other kid going to school. (laughs) They are blessed by God. Your marriages are not just average marriages. And it doesn't matter what you're struggling with today. I'm telling you, you are blessed by God. Your life, your business, the things that you own and the people that you operate with and that you interact with are blessed by God. Are these my words? No, they're his words. And God so loves you and God so has a plan for you. And God so wants to overflow and pour out the windows of heaven so great upon your life, you don't have room enough to contain it. Man, you should be more excited than this. That's the person of the Holy Spirit, that he will lead you into all truth, that he will guide you, that he will protect you, and that God is able to speak to you. You! Quit thinking of yourself so low. You're not the tail, you're the head. You're you're not forsaken or forgotten. He's there. And that's why I'm preaching this series, because sometimes I think we need to go for the gold. We need to go for all God has, but you go, yeah, you don't know how jacked up I am. Yeah, you're jacked up. Join the club. And you're messed up. Join the club. And you're going to fail. It's okay. But get up. Get up. Get up, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, that you can do all things, not through you, but through Christ who strengthens you. And when you are weakest, that's when he is strongest. God doesn't need strong people. He needs weak people that are willing to lean on him. That's why he gave us grace. So you're basically saying, I don't lose on this deal. Exactly. Bueller, Bueller, anyone, anyone? How? Do you want to love Jesus more? How? Are you willing to lock hands with brothers and sisters and do life together? How are you willing to know and live and allow everything in your life to resonate from the knowledge of the calling that he has? That's the opportunity today. Father, I just thank you for your word and for your people. And I pray in Jesus' name, you would speak to our hearts. Amen.